You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Thank you for listening to episode 96 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. It's Friday the 29th of September and my name's Charlotte Greenway. No surprise this week's edition is going to be all about Sunday's Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. Uncharacteristically, it's warm in Paris and it's dry. The ground's currently soft but expectations are we could be set for good to soft come Sunday and now one horse may announce themselves as far superior in the race but on paper on what they've all done so far it looks an incredibly open renewal and you can make a case for six seven maybe even eight of them it makes sense though to start with a longtime favorite for the race ace impact trained by jean-claude rouget he was an impressive winner of the prix de jockey club earlier in the year and since then the shaboob family's ara de la gousserie have purchased a stake in him and here's pauline shaboob speaking to nick on monday having just watched ace impact work yeah yeah, yeah. his piece of work this morning was very good um we are very happy with him actually and his development is perfect um you know he seems pretty strong mentally and i think now he's ready to better uh, and it was a really interesting decision um to give him that little bit of a break and then come back and and not run him between uh the the beginning of uh, of the of, of the summer and and now do you think that's helped him yeah, that that wasn't um, an easy decision, you know, because we, we, we love to challenge. We we would love to run in the Irish, but we choose to get him some fresh freshness. And finally, maybe that was the good decision because, um, you know, uh, the Irish weekend and the Artrial weekend was pretty hot and that never easy to run big race under 35 degrees and it seems that from from what i've been gathering that he he's a horse who's who sort of needed to grow up mentally a bit during the during the season that he's needed to to focus and, and apply himself almost that he he was too good for his own good if that makes any sense is his work now a bit more focused yeah yeah you know he's um is young. Uh, he, he, he didn't have a big experience, but he has a big and huge talent. So I think he, he, he looks pretty good mentally, actually stronger than uh, the the start of the season. And now I think, you, you know, he's a true royal. Uh, when he's on the track, he's very different than the paradigm. Yeah, well, well, was a special run uh, last time because it was just a group two and for us like him, wasn't a, a target. But uh, that the plan since the the derby, you know, um, he, he, he did he did pretty good. He wasn't at his top and he won again. So yeah, he, you know, he, he has earned all of our trust now. Mm-hmm. So he'll, he'll be a an excellent addition to the to the stud but you you don't see him running again beyond 
beyond this weekend? Yeah, we will see. We will see the the performance. You know that that uh, easy to 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 speak about his future. We we, we know he will start as a stud at Beaumont, uh, but we don't know yet when. You okay. know, so it's not impossible that he races as a four-year-old. Not impossible, but uh, yeah, we will see the the end of the season. German raiders have to be taken seriously in the ARC, even at huge prices, as Torquato Tasso proved two years ago. Henk Groever, champion trainer in Germany in 2019 and 2020, has two in the race with Sisfahan and Mr. Hollywood. So Nick put a call into him earlier this week to find out a bit more about them, starting with Sisfahan. Uh, for him, it will be a very hard, uh, tough race. Um, but uh, for, I think the ground will be good at Sunday, if you like. The race will be very fast. Uh, it will be good for him. But we, we know that it will be, it will be very, very hard for him. When he's placed under the first fish, we are very, very happy. But you feel that it's worth it's worth having a go with him? What's the thinking behind taking him? Uh, it's a dream of the owners and uh, the travel uh, runner in the arc. And uh, Sunday, he, he should run yesterday here in the Prize from Europa. And the ground was soft and the owners don't want to, don't, don't want to run in on soft ground. So in your opinion, the ground will be pretty decent? Quite good on on the weekend. I think I think it will be uh, good, good, probably good to firm. Hank, should we have a bit more respect for for Mr. Hollywood, who has been running against the best three year olds really in in Germany, and also beaten by Zagre last time in the in the Grosser Price von Baden, which has been a great trial for the Arc. Okay, yes, uh, he won very very good last time in Baden Baden. He was uh, beaten a bit unlucky. Um, uh, he was beaten a bit unlucky, uh, but I think he improved uh, since the last race. And uh, yes, uh, we are we hope for a good one for him. For him. Yeah, um, he seems to be improving as the season's progressing. Uh, he's a good, strong stayer as well. Uh, it doesn't put you that far behind the principles if you can reverse the form with Zagre. Yes, for sure. And, and, and especially this, this day was uh, not not perfect for him. He loves uh, the soft to heavy ground, and for him, I, I hope for some rain in uh, Paris. Okay, so they they want they want different conditions. These two horses. What do you yes. what, what what would you like to do with the with them as the autumn progresses? Have they got big international targets? I think no, because uh, especially for um, Mr. Holiday, we need soft ground, and uh, in the uh, Saudi and Dubai, we don't have the soft ground. Uh, mm. But I think uh, this one can make the campaign in Dubai for the uh, carnival. Whilst Hank's two runners may both be outsiders, a German runner with a leading chance on form and according to the betting is German derby winner and pre-Niel winner Fantastic Moon. He beat Feed the Flame in the pre-Niel and that performance clearly encouraged his owners, Liberty Racing, to pay the €120,000 supplementary cost on Wednesday morning and Lars Wilhelm Baumgarten of Liberty Racing explained this decision to Nick. Yeah, we decided uh, today after the gallop yesterday, the gallop was very, very good and he, he recovered faster than we expected after the premiere. And uh, the weather forecast is good in Paris. We can get good to soft ground and that's perfect for him. 
Yeah, there's much been made about him needing a sound surface or a fast surface. You, you evidently don't see it quite as simply as that. You think a bit of cut in the ground will be okay. Yeah, a bit of uh, a cut is okay for us, but not a soft or heavy ground. The derby ground was soft as well. The time was 240 over 2,400 meters. And the rain on Saturday was massive in Hamburg. So uh, soft ground, good to soft ground is okay. Soft ground and heavy ground is not our uh, idea for Sunday. So please talk to everybody who can help us for sun in Paris. Yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of sunshine in Paris and nice warm temperatures as well, which is good news for you. We have learned not to underestimate German horses in this race. Dane Dream won it in 2011 on very quick ground. We saw Torquato Tasso two years ago and then ran another fine race last year. You as a, a student of the German thoroughbred, how would you stack Fantastic Moon up against those horses at a, a relative stage of their careers? I think um, at this stage of the career, if you compare it with Daydream or Torcato Tasso, they are a little bit more in front of that because they won before the uh, pre Triumph a group one against older horses. So we were second to Nations Pride in Munich over 2,000 meters and we won the Prenial, but that's a group two race. And um, yeah, okay, Peter Flame is a very good horse, but he was not 100% at this day. And so I think Daydream and Torcato Tasso um, were before the race a little bit higher than Fantastic Moon at this moment, but we we hope that we can be uh, uh, under the first six in this race. Uh, we heard earlier in the week on this podcast from Henk Grover, who's made a massive impression the last few years. The same could be said about your your trainer Sarah Schneider, who is obviously making a a big impact. What sets her apart? Sarah, is, uh, Sarah Steinbeck is a very good uh, trainer. She won uh, the Großer Prize from Baden last year with Mendocino. She uh, made a good job with Crest the Moon. He won a group race in France. And he is a boutique trainer with 25 to 30 horses, not more. And she is in the partnership with René Picholek. He won the act with um, with Toccato Tasso. They are horse people. They know what to do is, and uh, I'm very happy with this connection. It sounds like you're incredibly excited about, about the weekend. I mean, my only question is why you weren't in the race already? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I have, a, I have a starter in the Prix de l'Opera as well. Um, I'm the breeder from Muskoka. She won the German, German Oaks this year. And what can you say? I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm not uh, uh, knowing what's going on because uh, if you are a small breeder with two uh, mares and you win the Oaks and you create a syndicate with four horses and you win the Derby and have a starter in the Prix de l'Opera, waiting is so good at this moment to me. The leading British hope on form appears to be Owen Burroughs' King George winner, Hookham. The lightly raised son of See the Stars, a full brother to Baid, looks to have his work cut out though from stall 14 of 15 and Nick got Angus Gold of Shadwell's reaction straight after the draw. Um, as you say, Nick, not ideal, but uh, at least around 20 runners this year. He's not right on the edge of that lot. Um, so obviously Jim will just have to work his way across whenever he gets a chance. Um, where was Frankie drawn on Golden Horn? Yeah, he was he was right outside in a bigger field. He was wide, wasn't he? But obviously he probably had more tactical speed than our horse. 
Um, so, and look, it's not ideal, as I say, but but there you go. It's it's the arc, and there's always going to be plenty of runners. Um, so he'll just have to to work it out and and try and go forward and get a position wherever he he can get in. Uh, and not notwithstanding that, you're a you're a veteran of many campaigns now, and I, I'm sure you would love nothing more than for those blue and white Shadwell silks to pass the post in the arc in in front. Can you gauge the level of uh, of excitement of optimism in in the Burroughs camp ahead of this? I think for anybody, Nick, it's just fantastic to be going to the arc with a horse uh, with a with a with a real chance. So obviously, hugely exciting for everybody. Um, you know, we all know you've got to be at your best to win an arc. So there's, there's no room for error on any on any side. And whether the draw is going to count against us, only time will tell. But uh, look, he, the horse is in good form. They've been very happy with him. As we know, he's only run twice this year. He's as fresh as he can be. Um, it'll get very interesting to me to see how the older horses get on against the two real good-looking post-three-year-olds. And, and you... you had a good look at this field who do you fear the most um uh, it's a really to say obviously in this quality of race you respect every single participant um otherwise they wouldn't be there um i, I personally i was terribly impressed uh earlier in the season anyway with um pascal barry's horse um, feed the flame. I thought feed, feed the flame. He, he looked like a potential champion to me. Obviously, Ace Impact was mighty impressive when he won the Jockey Club. Um, arguably less so in his trial in August, but Jean Claude said he wasn't fully wound up, so I'm sure he'll have him where he wants him. And you know, there's, there's plenty of horses like Ernesto and Sid Camille and Plastic Carousel who could easily be in, in the mix. Fantastic Moon looked impressive the other day um, and Continuous obviously won the ledger well. So, you know, you could name one of six, uh, but it is a mark, as I say. For me, the big thing is really if the older horses are better than three-year-olds or is one of the three-year-olds outstanding. Only a head separated Hookham and Westover at the line in that epic King George at Ascot. And Tom Stanley got an update on the Judmont runner from his jockey, Rob Hornby. Hi there, Tom. Yeah, no, um, fantastic to be having another crack at it. And um, yeah, the, the, he is, um, he's in great shape, really good form. Um, very happy. We, we took him on an away day to Salisbury for his last piece of work. We did a, a you know, real good strong piece there, which was kind of what he needed after the break he'd had after Ascot. Um, and he's come out of that well. Um, you know, just put that edge to him and, and got that last bit of fitness where we wanted him, really. Um, and then he was able to have a bit of an away day at the beach, which he enjoys. He, he did it last year and he's done it before some of his big events and um, seems to just, just be a nice um, change of scenery for him. Um, and I've, I've just finished that race this morning and uh, had a set on him, so so very happy, really. We're just counting down the days now. Obviously, you know a good bit about Hukum, at least, who you're you're taking on again. Were you beaten by the better horse at Ascot, or do you, or is is there a way that you approach Longshaw and think we can we can have him? Um, yeah, interesting one, really. Um, you know, obviously, we have to we have to turn that around, not just only with Hukum, but you know, there's 
and there's plenty of others in, in in the field that um you know are very good and talented horses but um it, as far as Huckham is is involved yes we do need to to turn that result around and um it's it's a hard one to say it was a beaten by a better horse you know I'm not sure it, you know there's there's things that you know we had a bit of a wide trip we had a bit of a you know there was a, a lot of dead wood as as we were turning in that we didn't really want to be following so you know getting the run on the outside was 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 the run that I chose and I was kind of given on the day so um yes he he has to overcome that but um you know to 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 see the performance and what what he put in at Alaska shows that he's still improving which is you know the, the most exciting part of it all and he's had such a good four-year-old campaign not he's not run a bad race and and he's very impressive in in Saint Cloud and and then to step forward again to to um to just go down ahead in a such a titanic battle and a, a race for the ages of what the King George really deserved it was um it just showed that I, th- I do think he's still improving which is which is the most exciting part and how do you see him at, at a mile and a half? Do you see him as a strong stayer at the trip? Do you see him as a horse that's got a, a good turn of foot at a certain part of the race? Yeah, I, I, I just think um, he's growing up a lot, Westover, and he's, he's, he's really becoming a man. And I think you could see that at, at Ascot in the, in the performance that he put in. But he's also getting a lot easier to, to manage. And, you know, he's settling very well in his races. He... He was a bit fresh in in Dubai at the start of the year, and then each run from then on, he's he's seems to be maturing physic uh, mentally as much as he is physically, and um, which makes makes a jockey life for a jockey a lot easier because you you, you wouldn't want it to turn into a tactical slow run race where they sprinted turning in because that wouldn't suit him. He, he's a he's a just stayer and he, he stays a mile and a half very well and. Um, you know, it's looking like a fair week in terms of the weather-wise. If we could just have similar conditions to Ascot, I'd be very happy. But, but like I say, in, in terms of his the way the way his run style is, is that stamina is is something that he has in abundance. And you know, you won't want to to take that away from him. It, you know, if it was a, a tactical tactically run race and turned into a sprint, it wouldn't suit him. Mm. Then Westover's trainer Rafe Beckett joined Nick on today's podcast and shared his hopes for the son of Frankel on Sunday, but firstly gave his thoughts on being drawn right down the inside in store one. I think it's good, Nick. You know, I think, I think, um, I know the stats will say that it's not, but if, because of it's only Zar Carver since 1988 or something, isn't it? But um, who came from box one, but. Uh, I think the cutaway at the top of the straights probably changed things a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think she, she did very well because she had to be taken back and weave through horses as well. And, uh, and without wishing to put words in your mouth, I don't suppose those will be your tactics. That's absolutely right. Yeah, we'll set just up behind the pace, I would imagine. So it should be, it should be ideal. I mean, is it fair to say that it's been this race and just working back from this ever since? Well, ever since Dubai, I suppose. Not so much since Dubai, but certainly since the King George. King George was really the turning point. Um, uh, obviously, the, the run in Dubai was a big effort, but I think the 
for King George was a bigger effort. So since then, certainly, this has been the plan. And, and I, I know it sounds a bit stupid to say for a horse who ran so well in the Derby early on in his career, but did the King George make you think a bit differently about him? I think it was a it was a justification of what we felt about him, but not what everybody else felt about him. <laughs> you know, it's, there were some who who uh, weren't so keen on him, and that's understandable. He had a sort of up and down three year old career, uh, but um, you know, the hallmark of his four year old career has been his consistency. So, so all that being said. Um... Is he working well enough now and is he well enough in himself and in terms of the strength of the opposition where you think, yeah, I, I can actually win this race? <laughs> uh, I thought his work at Salisbury was good. You know, Leaden, Leadenhall is a decent lead horse. Um, and uh, I felt it was, uh, I felt it was solid work. We all did. And... Um, that put him straight for for this weekend. Um, and is he is he more of a grown up because he was he was a bit of a delinquent at times earlier on. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. You know, I think at home he's never been a problem, um, but over exuberance was a problem. Um, a couple of well, certainly once. Um, I think we manage him or he's I think we've we've learned to manage him better and I think he's grown up combination of the two uh, means that you know I'm, I'm relatively hopeful he'll behave himself on Sunday the team behind last year's champion stakes winner Baybridge will have no quarrels with the draw having been given six and from there Richard Kingscott should be able to get a really nice position and also plenty of cover for this rather exuberant horse co-owned by his breeder James Wigan whose colours he carries and also Bally Lynch Stud. Trained by Sir Michael Stout, his assistant James Savage expressed to Tom Stanley in the middle of the week how they're all feeling ahead of Sunday. Yeah, it is exciting. Um, we we talked about going a mile and a half at some point during the year and um, unfortunately the ground in the pre-foy was quite quick that weekend and the September stakes was the perfect race to to try him at 12 for the first time and he stayed well, so... Um, then after that, I suppose the arc was the obvious target. Uh, with there's also a three-week gap to the Champion Stakes, so that's that's generous. And um, yeah, so we'd have a look at that also. Off the back of his Champion Stakes win, James, where are you now with him? Ha- has there been any frustration or disappointment with his year so far, or or are you always expecting him to to come good in the autumn almost? Yeah, I don't don't think it's frustration. I think we just learnt that the horse needs good ground or easier ground. I I mean, the even big race at the Curra when Luxembourg beat him, and he just he just lacked a gap there, two down, and he just got going a bit late. But that was that was that was a super run, and I just think that summer ground is is just isn't his thing. You know, he's he's a horse that likes good ground or 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 ground with an ease in it, or even soft. You know, so. We were always we were always sort of just going through the summer thinking about the autumn campaign, and that's where we're at now. He's a good, he's a fresh horse. Um, he's he's in great shape, and we're, we're very much looking forward to the weekend. And I, I often felt in his early career um, there was a sense that um, 
that yourself and others in the yard perhaps really saw him as a future mile and a half horse yeah it was something we've always talked about but while he was being so effective at 10 um we weren't in a rush but it was yeah so that's the september stakes came at the perfect time uh to you know to step up and then have a go at the arc you know mm. and it's funny that there's not much rain around in paris now not that we're going to get <laughs> we're going to get lightning quick or anything like that but almost you sat there thinking wouldn't mind a little bit of rain because it certainly won't inconvenience our chances no, I mean, there, there was 17 a mil there Friday. There was rain on Saturday. So the ground was described as very soft, which w- we would interpret to close to heavy, I'd say, mm. um, on Sunday. So the, the forecast a dry week, temperatures of 25 to 27 throughout the week. But I personally, I can't see it getting any closer than good to soft. Mm. Um, and good ground's fine for us, you know. We just, you know, there's no... There's a misconception he has to have ease in the ground. Good ground is fine. Okay, and as you say, if he comes out of that, all right, or whatever happens, um, that there's there's no reason why he couldn't try and back up the champion stakes, right? No, exactly. Yeah, yeah you got three weeks, three weeks to the well, just a day under three weeks. Obviously, mm. um, he'd be back in his own stable sun, uh, Monday evening. So, in, in, he's a horse that takes his racing very well. He's a big, strong athlete, so there'd be no reason why he couldn't back up. As mentioned, Baybridge is co-owned by Bally Lynch Stud, and they've also got an interest in the Andre Farb-trained filly, Plaster Carousel, who won the pre-foy on her latest start. And Nick managed to steal five minutes with Bally Lynch's John O'Connor at the Gosselby on Wednesday to discuss both their chances, starting with Baybridge. Some of the uh, goal descriptions in France haven't been particularly accurate, I think. Uh, but uh, he's not a horse who needs soft ground or heavy ground. He's a horse who can handle you know, any kind of ground that's not mm. extreme. Um, I'm going to leave it up to Sir Michael Stout. Seems a sensible policy. To, uh, to decide you know, whether he wants to go there. He's in two races at, at the weekend, the Dollar and the Preedle Arc. He's more likely to go for the Preedle Arc than he goes for either way. Um, and like I say, we've got a master trainer, so uh, why double-guess him? So he'll decide if he thinks the ground is right. We'll, we'll, we'll walk the track and see how it is. It's funny, isn't it? Because he's, he's had a great career, this horse. He's won a champion stakes, beating some very good horses. But I think those people who are, who are really fond of him have always thought there's a big, like, breakout, massive performance in there still, still to come because of his physique. Yeah, he's a wonderful-looking horse. Lots of strength and power. And... Uh, I think Sir Michael says he's he's firing well, he's working well. So I think there is a breakout performance. But if he hasn't already done that, I think there's another one in the, in the locker somewhere. I know we're casting our eye a long way forward, but you know, as and when he comes back to you at, at Bally Lynch, and you've got Bayside Boy and other progeny of your new bay as well, can you see in your mind's eye who'll be looking at each horse for different reasons? Yeah, they might be different types. Um, and you know, we don't own the horse entirely, so it's not fair for me to say that he'll come to Bally Lynch for sure. Um, we've got partners, and we want to be always fair with our partners. So um, if somebody else really wants to sand the horse, you know, he could either stand with us, or we could stay involved with somebody else. So um, I've kept an open mind on that. But they'd, they'd have they'd have discrete constituencies. The two they of probably them. would. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bayside Boy was a particularly precocious horse and he was the, uh, in, the in his first run he had the highest uh, time from debut of the year so you know he, he was straight into it. Um, Bay Bridge is a bigger physique and uh, he worked his way into top form 
and uh, hopefully there's more to come even from him. Right? Um, Plaster Carousel could be one of those classic slipping slightly under the radar horses that Andre Favre's won arcs with before. What does he tell you? Well, he doesn't tell you a huge amount, except that he says that's his pretty lark filly, so uh, I take that on board and I don't double-question him too much. When, um, when did he first sort of give you an indication that that was the way he was thinking? Early in the summer, I'd say. Uh, he gave a one-run early in Brigana and actually Baybridge ran the same race. And uh, they were both having their first run, both a little bit fresh on the day. They got beaten by horses who had previous runs under their belts. But uh, yeah, he's been, he's been targeting this race for quite a while. She's already won the Prix de l'Opera, so we know she acts on the track. And uh, she won the Prix Foire very well, I thought. And, uh, you know, in a race it wasn't run end to end. So she's entitled to take her chance. And if, if the maestro thinks he should be there, well, she can be there. A great racer in prospect and some fantastic racing before then to look forward to as well. Of course, Newmarket tomorrow, we've got the Cheveley Park Stakes, the Middle Park Stakes, the two Group 1s for two-year-olds uh, and the racing from Longchamp tomorrow and Sunday in the lead-up has also got some top-class runners and can't wait for all of it. I hope you have a lovely weekend. Nick will be back with you as usual on Monday morning to review all the action and to bring you all the latest news. Thank you once again for listening. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.